place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Check out their huge, mungus, ginormical selection of nerdy, fun t-shirts at popuptea.com. They have a shirt for every nerdy thing you could possibly think of. I'm serious. Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order on popuptea.com. Even the clearance stuff, which is already so low in price. But go and check them out and thank you to our sponsor, Pop Up Tea. Go check them out at popuptea.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another issue of the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Latore. Thank you so much for joining us here. This week, Mike and I first talk about the three comic book things in our lives right now that are just bringing us joy in this world we live in. Then we review, discuss, laugh about, make a little comic book commentary. We just go page by page of Atomics, issue one to three. It's kind of a deep dive, and man, it's a it's wacky fun. <laughs> Spoiler alert, of course, if you haven't read the Atomics, it came out way back in 2000, 20 years ago. But follow along with us, just go page by page, because that's what we do here. We just kind of go page by page, discuss it, give our commentary. And so uh, follow along with us. So we're going to just jump right in. This is Atomics, issue one through three. Without further ado, here's me and Mike. Enjoy! All right, I'm here with Michael Norris. How you doing, Michael? Good, man. How are you? Good. I'm, I, I, I got a question for you. I wanted to see, uh, I wanted to get, just feel you out here on something. What comic book related thing are you into right now that's like, you know, that's bringing you joy? In the madness, oh. it doesn't have to be a comic. What, but a comic book related thing that's bringing? Because I have three, and I wanted oh. to share with you. But what are, what's bringing you joy? In the, is a comic book thing that's bringing you joy? Uncanny X Men. Yeah. Specifically, oh yeah, I am absolutely tore back into it. Specifically, um, the run around the two twenty. On where the whole where the whole thing with the X Men where they go the Australian outback and all that, I'm right in the middle of that and it's I don't know nice that's yeah, it's just it's scratching that itch right now. Fantastic! This is How from you, what man? this is from what year? What what year is this? Uncanny two twenty oh, something. It would have been it would have been around eighty eight. Oh, that far back. Yeah. All right. Uh, awesome. Well, I'll share my three, and if you have another one, throw it in there. But the first one is The Flash, a CW TV show. I've, nice. I've, we, my wife and I, which it's rare that you know you have the same situation as me. It's very rare when we get to watch something with our wives that's comic book nerdy. Well, she's yep. loving The Flash. I'm loving The Flash. There's moments where, where we even tease each other. We're like, I'm not crying. Are you? You're oh. crying. <laughs> season, season three. Is, is that what you said? You're watching season three? We're in right now, I think we're in season, the early part of season five. We're in Cicada. Oh. Cicada. We're in the Cicada oh, parts. That's and, right where I've kind of stopped. I haven't jumped back on since Cicada. Look, I know it's, dra- it's drama, it's tear jerky, oh, it's, it's Iris and Flash crying a lot, but I don't know what it is, if it's the state of our world and we're more we're more emotional than normal. Yeah. We're loving the Flash. We build out too. I build out. I think in season three, 
And now we're like, we, we almost like we're sad that it's going to end in seven. I think it's seven season seven is the last where, where it stopped, not ended forever, but you know, COVID stopped. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we're even like, Oh man, how many, we you know where you do the thing where you can't wait, you're binging to get to the end. We're in the uh-huh. opposite mode of the flash where we're like, Oh no, there's only 23 episodes left. <laughs> but the good news is once you finish that just roll right into legends of tomorrow yes by far it is the best of those shows i don't think i'll get patsy to watch that because it's the barry iris crying thing that really grabs her it's the soap oh. opera soap opera effect of it that she really likes <laughs> and i'm That's sucked in too to <laughs> and i'm sucked in though the i'm worst. so sucked in they got nora their daughter in there and it's like it's oh. just we're enjoying the crap out of it that's with uh, Sherlock Wells, right? Sherlock. Sherlock. That's Sherlock, right. get it he, right. It's Sherlock. He always corrects that people. That guy <laughs> is the best. He He's plays the best. the best character every season, you know, and he's one of the reasons I keep going back because if I had to look at or watch Barry and Iris stare off into nothing because they're contemplating something again, and this is the fastest man alive, how big of a team does he need? Really? Well, well, you know, he needs 47 people, apparently. But Jeez. I'm telling you, they, they, him and um, Iris and, and Barry got into this huge argument over their daughter, Nora. And there was some uh-huh. of the best acting there. They were like yelling at each other. There's tears in their eyes. It was like every husband and wife's argument that you've had. He was on one side of the fence. She was on another. Uh, anyway, I'm loving it. And uh, I highly recommend the CW Fly. I know you're shaking your head. You're just like, too much drama for me. Too, <laughs> too much, much days of our lives. I'll... I'll... I'll jump back into it, but honestly, you, you know, I've been tiptoeing back into Legends, and it's nice because I don't, it's not heavy. That's the thing is I can't deal with heavy right now. But it's a, it's, so it's, it's soap opera, you know, days of our lives heavy. It's not, it's, it's not that heavy. It's just the right, it's the right amount for us right now. So we're loving it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we, we cry a lot in it and I don't normally cry at things and yeah it's definitely i think a a testament to our world the second is spider-man on the ps4 you haven't played this at all right i have okay i'm uh about halfway through i i get distracted on video games so i bounce off and then something hits me and i jump back to it i did this too i bought a ps4 for the spider-man game i played it for like four days and bailed i I don't know it just didn't grab me at the time and, uh, I, oh, there was a part in the game too, where there was a virus that hit New York city and everyone's wearing masks and social distancing. And it was way too close to home. I was like, what the hell? I just like, I dropped the controller. I'm like, I don't want this in my video game too. So I even dropped it, but I've stuck through that, <laughs> through the COVID on Spider-Man. And, uh, and I've even downloaded all the downloadable content. I've, I've beat the entire game at a hundred percent. I went bananas with it. And it went through the entire city of New York and completed every single mission to have a full 100%. I got like a rare trophy that's only like a 19% rare trophy. Yeah, I think I was collecting the backpacks. I was having more fun collecting the backpacks than doing any of the other things. I got all the backpacks. I got all the pigeons. I got all the the bases, all of the, you know, the bad guy villain bases. I completed all of them. And I'm now just into the black cat part of the DLC and I'm totally enjoying it. Um, they have me That's running awesome. around New York finding stolen art, and I'm just, I don't know, I'm loving it now. I'm trying to get every single suit uh, because, you know, they have certain sort of moments you have to reach yeah. to get the suit or you have to p- play a bunch of everything to get those credits and tokens to buy a suit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I have like four left that I don't have. 
I even got the weird, like, almost totally naked suit. It's like, why do they call that a suit? It's Peter just kind of buck naked. Um, That's like funny. A, yeah, with like a kind of like a thong. It's weird. <laughs> but uh, I, I highly recommend try to get past like the second act of it. That third act where the game is about to be over before you go into the DLC. Uh, it just gets really good. Yeah, and I haven't been drawn really back into it. I've wanted to because I think it was okay. Um, I started Uncharted again. I, I'm in oh, yeah. summer escapism mode. And I've started the Uncharted collection. I just want to be, I just want Indiana Jones. I just nice. want to have adventure. I don't want to have to think about any of the other pieces. And I don't That's know. a good pick. I, I'll, I'll, I'm different. My experiments on my plan to go back to, just haven't been in a big hurry to do it. And I tell you, there's a couple roadblocks. Like I said, the whole COVID part of the game, like it was just way too. There's a virus, and and literally, I I dropped down to the city in this one part of the Spider-Man game, and people are social distancing. They're in line. At, at, a, at a restaurant to pick up the food outside of the restaurant and people all have masks on and people are coughing into their, into their elbows in this Ugh. game. And I was like, Oh no, not here too. I just wanted to escape. But then you get past that yep. and dude, the doc Ock fight at the end is fantastic. So much fun. Yeah. I liked, um, was it the negative man? Yeah. I liked the Cause I got past that twist. I got past that. I got past that helicopter scene, where I think you got to track him down or whatever, and you're fighting him on the helicopter that's going between skyscrapers. And that's okay. about where I left it. If you beat the negative I mean, man part of it, and I think you have to follow it in linear order, then you're approaching yeah. the third act. You're you're almost to the virus hits the yeah. city thing, um, and then you have to fight the virus and Doc Ock. You know, as the ending part of it, and this kind of sinister ash six that you have to battle. It's great. It's really, really good. And the third one I gotta say is I'll move on. Is uh, is the I gotta I gotta thank you, man. It's this comic book format, our comic book club format that we're doing. I've I gotta tell you, I'm really enjoying it. I look forward to it. I love your take and your your ideas and your just the the way you see it, your perception of of what we're reading. It's just been a lot of fun, and I just wanted to thank you and uh, and let you know it's affected even how I buy new comic books. I've tried to bring my new comic book day list down to like five or less, which right now comics aren't in full swing anyway. They've been kind of smidgily coming back, but so it's, it's, I'm having so much fun with this format going into old stuff with you that it's even slowed down my, my consumption of, of new comic book day comes comics. So I just wanted to thank you and say that these are the three things like in the comic book world that are giving me joy and you're one big part of it. Well, thanks, man. And, and same here. I've been enjoying this this format because I gave up new comics five or six years ago. I got tired of the, the, the roll around, and I know I was preaching to you for a while about it. It finally <laughs> feels good to go through a backlog. You can start knocking things off without it just building. And, yeah, just a chance to hang out and talk about this stuff and just nerd out for a bit, you know, and uh, not to not to one-up you, but I, apparently I got – I'll include this as one of mine, you know, same thing as, as you enjoying doing this format like this, but I'm also going to add in two others. All right. Just to up the ante a little bit. Good. I cannot wait for Stargirl and Doom Patrol to get enough episodes that I can sit there and just watch them through. Awesome. I, I don't like to, I don't like to wait weekly anymore. I just want to see them all in a binge and like week and watch it. 
Well, I, I think there's only one I... episode, I believe, of Stargirl left. Doom Patrol, I don't know. I've only watched the first one, and it's so far out there. You're going to totally dig it. It's oh, weird. I, I'm sure. They're shrunk down, and they're like living in a dollhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it's bananas. And Stargirl is getting better. It's It has like... It has a high production quality to it. It has a movie-like yeah. look and feel to it. But I, I, I roll my eyes when the teens are constantly rolling their eyes and, and guffawing. And the teens are, are just being totally just teens to adults. Yeah. It, 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 I, have a, I cringe, you know, at the way Stargirl continually talks to her stepdad. And I'm a stepdad. So, like, oh. I feel and I relate. And it, yeah. and it bugs me. She's, like, disrespectful and so on. And... So there's some of that, but the production quality, the 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 CG in it, it's all it it looks. I mean, I am watching season five of The Flash. That's my comparative right yeah. now, but it's beautiful looking. Well, I really like like I like Luke Wilson. Um, I I think I read Stars and Stripes years ago. Well, if you like and... Luke Wilson, they should have just named him the Punching Bag. That's, oh, what, that's yeah, what his I... name should be. But he's also you can see he's just very patient with her. He's waiting for her to come around because in the in the comics she does come around. He does become her father figure, and, and and I know that we'll get there. But the other thing is I really liked where Stars and Stripes, which is what the comic uh, Star Girl is based off of, it led into kind of the rebirth of the JSA, and that's where you get the new Hour Man and the new Wildcat, and you get. And I know those characters are in Stargirl. So it's like that's, you know, and to me that's exciting because this is the rebirth of the JSA coming up. And I could see them rolling into that because they probably can't touch the, the, the Justice League. So, But they could probably do whatever they want with the Justice Society. So I, I see the, a lot of potential there. And I could see them kind of taking this and making it their own little universe, their own little Arrowverse, you know, for lack of a better term. So – but yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to some wackiness. You know, Doom Patrol is going to be nuts. I um, I've read about half of Grant Morrison's run on Doom Patrol, which was what a lot of this is based on. Yeah. And I'm just waiting to start watching this again so I can get excited, and then I'll jump back into the Grant Morrison run because it's so heavy and it's so far out there. Yeah, it's very and dense, so it's like, right? I, yeah, I, I need to do them together at the same time, and it's just like okay. Let's just do it, but I enjoyed it. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's one I wanted to dive back into, too, because when you read it, even when you reread it, it's still just, it's bananas. It's all over the place. It makes kind of no sense, and it's very dense and heavy. And, yeah, well, uh, maybe we should do a, a, when we both watch all of Stargirl and all of, or season one of Stargirl and season two of Doom Patrol, maybe we'll talk about it on the podcast. That works for me. Let's do that. But anyway, I just that wanted works. to thanks, man. Thanks for sharing your three. And uh, even though two, I think you just made up. But um, well, <laughs> 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 you pulled out of your butt. But no, uh, no, the thanks, X-Men man. The one is real. I'm going to tell you, the uncanny <laughs> right. one is real. Okay. The other, mm, so-so. You know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, I wanted to share that. But but we're here, to, we're here today. We're gathered here today <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> To um, give you a, a comic book commentary on the Atomics, and uh, this a little little background. This is from Triple A Pop Comics. It was, uh, I, I think, that's um, the Allred Family's uh, publishing house that they shot, so. took a shot at for a bit. 
and uh, it's um, written by and uh, drawn by words and pictures from Mike Allred and the colors and separations his wife Laura Allred and uh, you and I both know uh, we love the Allreds because of their crazy cosmic Kirby uh, sensibility to everything they do right well and not just that it's such a 60s throwback style beyond Kirby just the way it's flat and then I'm also a huge fan of the artist shag and it's so much has that same kind of quality that shag has so yeah yeah i'm a sucker for this artwork good comparative very clean lines it's very bright yeah you love that brightness in comics and from like your your favorite stuff you've gone over with the flash it has that that very bright colory feel to it um I love that. I love this wacky cosmic uh, fun here, and I and I, I maybe I maybe wanted to love this more than I ended up loving it, but I did enjoy this. And there's 15 issues. They started in January of 2000, and uh, I I love that Laura Allred's coloring style is a throwback. It's 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 almost like oh. she adds some acid uh, acidation digitally to it, right, to give it an old paper yeah. look. Would do you like that style? Oh yeah, absolutely, that, and, and that's what really drew me to it. it. It does feel like a modern take on a '60s style. You know, yes. even even the and we'll get into it more. Even the words they use, the beatniks. Yeah. You know, it's like this. This to me, this just took place in a modern time that still has the '60s. Yes. Yeah, so follow along with us, folks. We're going to be covering the first three issues of Atomics. We pretty much go page by page. So follow along with us. Uh, it came out in 2000, and I gotta dig a little. It is on Comixology. Check it out. It's the first three issues of Atomics because it actually, it kind of nicely closes up after three. It's like um, there are 15 issues to this arc, but didn't it? Not to jump ahead, but just to, did you feel like the three issues kind of ended a little bit of an arc? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. it uh, wrapped up the characters you meet in the first issue by the third issue. And I peeked ahead. This is just a little jump ahead. I, I wanted to look and see what was happening in the last few issues, uh, issues 13, 14, and 15. And I saw here that on issue 15, um, the Savage Dragon is the special guest. Huh. So interesting. I thought, yeah, that interesting. Image was like uh, they're playing nice with each other. And they took, uh, they took the Savage Dragon, and he was a guest appearance. And the final issue, the 15th issue, is one of those bonus super-packed issues where mm-hmm. there's a um a, there's a an afterword by Alex Ross. Um, there's a multiple cover gallery, including black and white covers and variant covers, and there's also this like separate little bonus side story in the back of in the last part of of issue 15. So they threw in and kind of went out with a bang at the 15th final issue, and I, I was pretty impressed with that. So well, uh, you know, the comics industry is a small world, and I'm sure they're all at least acquaintances if not friends, because those, you know, those were Alex Ross. That's a real big name in comics. Yeah. Mike Allred is a real big name in comics. You know, and I'll, I'll have a, um, th- this was my pick, and I can kind of get into it why <laughs> I picked this. Beyond the art, I've always been his art. And yeah. I, there's a show from the 90s that I was, I was already working, I was an adult and everything else, but it kept, I would see it on, but I always missed it because I worked so many weekends. It was called Freakazoid. Yeah. And it's this wacky superhero. And I just thought there was a fun premise. Well, I've been watching it with you know, with the family and stuff you know, now and enjoying it. And I've just seen 
uh, like a little behind the scenes on it or something. Really? And what I did know, it was it was created by Bruce Tim. Oh. You know, and it was done in that very much that uh, WB style, and it's very adult, but you know, kids could watch it. Cause it's just silly and goofy. Mm-hmm. But with it, Bruce Tim was a was a fan of Madman, which is was the creation of Mike Allred. Right. And that's what kind of drew me to this was like I remember I remember that piece and it's like okay I, I liked Freakazoid so you know Madman who's in the Atomics should be very similar to that. Nice. And I'll just kind of leave it till I'll leave it there for now until we get a little bit further into it. Well, you and I both tried Madman out, and uh, we didn't stick to it. Both of us did not. No. He's in this no. comic, and uh, oh, you know the other thing that inspired me uh, to read anything the Allreds do was his Silver Surfer run. It's uh, it's a thing of legend. If you haven't read it, that's one you should go back and and read. I, I think it's, it's fifteen issues too. It's on my list, but no, I think he did two series though. I think he did a volume one and a volume two, and they're about 15 issues each. Yes, and both of them were fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, I started it, and then I, I just got distracted. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of distraction, I was looking into, like, why I missed this, because it's mm-hmm. on my radar now, but I but I thanks to Comicron, I pulled up some data on what was happening in the year 2000 when this came out. Mm-hmm. The X-Men were dominating the top 20 comics at the time in the year 2000 specifically and there were some big things happening in in the year 2000 later that that, uh it's i mean i'm looking at the list it's uncanny it's x-men it's wolverine it's i mean it's the jla hit the top five but other than that it's like it's it's totally just taken over by the X-Men in the year 2000 and spawn issue number 100 came out in July. And that kind of gave it um, a little dip, but came out as like number five. I love Comicron. They put so much detail into these stats. It's insane. But um, yeah, they broke it down to the number one issue sold in the year 2000 was, and I just lost it. It was like, it was uncanny X-Men like 184 or something like that. It, it was it it's it's all dominated by X-Men anyway. Is what what what's the takeaway from what was happening in the year 2000 and as to why I missed this. And I, and and also I think this the first run of Silver Surfer was after this. Was after the year 2000. But Mike Howard's run? The first run, I believe. After the yeah, year 2000. It, that was just a year or two ago. The second volume was a year or two ago, but the first volume yeah. of his Silver Surfer yeah. run, I believe, was I think was they, it in they were a row? Back to back. Yeah. Okay. They were just they were just a couple years ago. Well, maybe that's when I became a truly hardcore Allred fan. So he wasn't on my radar then in two thousand. This is twenty years ago. Can you believe See, it's twenty years ago? <laughs> I know. Well, I and I can tell you, I know I was not reading any comics in the year two thousand. That was my my down period. Ah. You know, that's where I bounced out for a couple of years, and you know, everybody has that period. Um, but see, I became a fan of Mike Allred went on his, um, it, it was a weird time. It was when right after the fantastic four had come back and there's a future foundation, uh-huh. he took over and there was, I think it was called, it was either called the future foundation or it was just called FF and he did a run on there. Um, and that's where I remember seeing his work. And yeah, it, that was good it too. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I did see that. And I guess he was also on Mad Men. On Madman, yes. right? And so I, I think yeah, I sprinkled I think... and tried a little bit of that when Madman came out. 
Yeah, I tried that. I know I tried that when I joined Comixology and just couldn't do it. I know, so, I couldn't do it. Here it is, number, the year 2000, the number one selling comic book was Uncanny X-Men 381 for some reason. And then number two was X-Men. Number three was Uncanny X-Men 380. The Uncanny X-Men run was on a tear for the year 2000. It was the top oh. pick constantly. And uh, anyway, I had that I had that pulled up. So maybe that's why we missed it. But here we go now. Issue one, The Atomics, January the, January 2000. I love that it says the world's grooviest comic magazine at the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just groovy. Yeah, I mean, just and such a throwback. Even, even the powers you see down here, it's, you got, it's like... The Fantastic Four from the right. 60s. You know, you got somebody on fire, you got somebody stretching, you got some kind of weird creature, and then you got, you know, a guy that looks like Ant-Man, you know, and you got Madman and some dude over in the corner with a big creepy hand. Yeah. It's it's great. It's great. It has this, like, I don't know, kind of punk rock feel, right? Or, like, mod yeah. or, you know, just kind of British pop punk feel, right? Yeah, very mod. That's, yeah, mod's you know, that the right a, word. That's a good word for it. Yeah. And the main, the character there looks like Ant-Man. You know, he's got the sort of silver helmet and the little antennas on the sides. He looks like Ant-Man yep. with a very kind of X-Men-like outfit, right? With the blue and the yellow <laughs> right on page yeah. one. And as we, uh, gosh, I hope these pages are numbered. Oh, they are numbered. Okay. So, like, on, on page one, it's this uh, reactionary thing that is happening here. And the main character is sort of thrown right in there. It, this took a little bit to sort of figure out what was happening, right? In, in oh, the early yeah. part of this? I, I'm going to take a part of your page. I felt like I didn't have a clue what was going on. <laughs> I was just like, I, I just got to a point where I was reading it. And I was like, okay, it's, I'm going to figure this out at some point. Right. But until I do, just keep going. And the page uh, three is amazing. I really love it. The zeitgeist of Snap City. It has that throwback, oh. right? Yeah. It's a great name. And uh, and he's chasing after this beast that has like a it's a large monster with like a kind of like a fly head a large fly head that he mm-hmm. names him and he's calling him Shrek and I immediately thought you know Shrek and Donkey you know I just <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he said that and the All Reds do this constantly right where the um, the legend on the bottom of the, of page three yep and you gotta love every name and every face I I, I think I especially love Adam Balm. You know, yeah, that's my my favorite. But it just gives all the characters. There's kind of a a fire esque um that looks kind of like um Johnny Storm, Fire Girl, and there's a you know there's it just there's so many just classic sort of comic book uh, looking characters here. I love it. Yeah, no, it's great. You know, the great colors, great shades. You know, just the whole thing. It's just a really nice layout. Yeah, and on page four, there's a fight going on, but we don't really know why. Like, why are they fighting each other? <laughs> Madman is there, and why is he fighting? And they're tr- kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And, uh, you know, there's a kind of a, a Mr. Fantastic, sort of a plastic man or elongated man sort of character. That he is... looks like a beatnik. You know, right? He's got, a, he's got soul patch and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Very, very 2000-y feel. And the and the woman in the background with her sort of fire look, I mean, it, it's like cut out of Johnny Storm, right, from the yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah, the same hashtag me, lining, right? It, exactly. This gave me just early Fantastic Four feels for that. Yes, and then page five. I love what he did here in the the panel design. They're yes. puzzle pieces. Yes, it, it's it it's such a nice way to break up the panels and. Honestly, to get you really quick, and I always loved when 
you get these kind of jumble pages, and then they use the word bubbles with arrows to lead you from this one's here and this one's here because there's nothing worse when you get this, and then you can't figure out what's going on. True. You know, it's like, especially when they're, the panels are cut this way, you need a little bit of navigation help to kind of understand, like, how they're yeah. going. But, man, like, four puzzle pieces with art in the inside of them. Although at the bottom of page five, I don't know what's going on with that woman's boob. Is that one giant boob? <laughs> or is it is it the angle? Does she just have, like, is that her superpower? She's, like, giant left boob girl? Or I don't it's, know what's... <laughs> it's very awkward. You know, it doesn't help. She's got this giant beehive hairdo. <laughs> right. You know, and, and the dude in the, in the bandages and the goggles behind, is he, like... You know, giving her some side eye there, right? You know, it kind he's of, just is like he her out, right? And there's and we never see this blonde girl again, or the person with the um, with the with the tape on the almost invisible man looking person. We don't see those yeah. two again. They're just the only gone. thing I can think of. It's all madman related because right. I think that's where this whole group comes in from. Yes. And then even page uh, six, another one of the, the jigsaw puzzle pieces filled with art uh, with a white background. It's got this bonkers thing that's happening. A little bit of the story that finally they're telling you here. Um, they, they call the group the Beatniks. <laughs> so it like fits very well, I think, the, to their name and this sort of mod kind of feel that's going on. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, there's one particular character here that's kind of half slug. I love the design of him. He's like, he has the, these slug-like extended eyes on the yep. top of uh, page uh, seven, and there's still just this fighting going on that we don't understand who these these characters are. I love that he he's kind of like a slug, but he's like the thing uh, in a way from Fantastic Four, right? Like well, and it, it's merging with another character. You know, all of a sudden they go from like a light purple, or like a dark purple to like a light purple, and and they're like solid. Yes, and they get a little more into that later, but it is the merging of two characters. Yeah. And I thought that's really cool. It's kind of reminiscent of uh, I did peek into Legends and and the uh, the 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 CW version of uh, of um, what's his name the um, the Nuclear Man that the the professor oh, and Firestorm. the Firestorm. Thank you. Yeah. That that come together. This happening here kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's nice. A little bit. I, I think that was a nice way to kind of do it, especially when we find out the character's backstory uh, a little bit more. It's a it's a nice thing to do. And I don't, I don't, it, the next page, uh, which I guess is eight, I'm already moving ahead. You know, I'm, I'm never really clear as to what Madman's actual powers are, but at this point he throws a yo-yo at his feet, yeah. at the giant I, sort of fly's feet. I've determined that I don't know what his powers are. I like his design. Um, and I like his name is Frank Einstein, you yeah. know, Frank Einstein or whatever. Yeah. Frank Einstein. You know, yeah. I think that's kind of fun. But, you know, uh, yeah, other than that, I I just kind of want to look at this character. I don't really care otherwise. There's a point coming up, I'm sure I'll hit it, where Madman has a weird spore kind of just pouring out of his head. And yeah. then he has like a vision of something. So, I yeah, I don't get his powers. I don't know what is happening, but it's, it's kind of fun. I'm enjoying the ride at this point. But he uses a yo-yo, and it seemed like the guy they're fighting with the fly head is getting bigger. or Or yeah. that's just the perspectives changing. Because his hand goes around this tree as he rips it out of the ground and Madman's like flying through the air. I just love page nine, the action overall. Oh, the action's great. It just cracks me up though. He picks like the tiniest stick. To... <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> but, you know, I will say nice use of onomatopoeia. Right. You know, three of the four panels right there. Uh-huh. Rip, point, reek. And, 
and the colors are great. I mean, the background colors, you got that, that like salmon color and then you got those greens and then it transitions into blue and it's, it just keeps your eye moving all the way through it. It does. And we're, we're, we aren't, we don't know what's happening, where these people are from at this point still. I am lost too, but I'm enjoying it because the art is so beautiful and uh, you know, the action sequences are just fun. And like you said, the onomatopoeia onto page uh, 10 where you see this whack and this giant hand hits the uh, madman and he's just flying through the trees. Look at all the leaves that Michael Allred had to draw here, right? Well, he didn't have to. He chose to. <laughs> sure. No, he was told to. He was under contract. And we need 5,000 leaves. And you have to draw them all. <laughs> I think it was two little tiny stars. Right. Oh, yeah. I like that. And even when he hits the ground, there's like, you know, oh, 12, 12 stars yeah. or whatever. That's funny. And they're like, okay, he's off and running. They, they didn't stop this. Uh, they didn't stop Shrek. He's like, Shrek, stop! And then it didn't work. And they got their butts handed to them. And so now they're all kind of licking their wounds on page 11. And they, you, we see the separation of the uh, the thing-like slug creature. Yep. And the Groot-like stone-faced guy as they separate. And then, and then, I, and then this is kind of where the backstory begins, right? Yeah. Um, and I think this is a little bit more where I got lost with it. Not, Even more not lost? That not that I didn't understand the backstory, but it was more kind of like I didn't find them very interesting. You know? Well, I'll tie it forward a little to make it move quickly. They introduced these mutant street beatniks, the MSBs, mutant street beatniks. And they all have, um, like, they're infected, like, with something. Their face has, like, all these little dots, like, all over it. And yeah, this, this ultimately leads back to Shrek. This, this ultimately leads back to Shrek. Yeah. And what Shrek is the one that kind of infected them. Yeah. And to simplify this story, it's a little more dense than that. Well, but it wasn't, it wasn't Shrek that infected them, but it was, like, Shrek's master or something. Right. Well, we'll see when we get past that. But they're, in, they're kind of introducing Madman and giving you a little more of him here, too. In mm-hmm. this, and I'm like, okay, that's not bad. As we got to page like 13, we go sort of back to modern time. Yeah, with the yeah, but it, it's again, it's the art is just so good to get you through it. Yeah, it is. I, and I do like that they start calling the stretchy guy Booger. <laughs> yeah, the Booger. It's right. like <laughs> Booger like, or no, Snot. Mr. <laughs> yeah, call me Mr. Gum. It's like, well, that's not much of a better name, but exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, it reminds me of the fun. CW when the elongated man came in and they were thinking of his name. It's like exactly right here, you know? Yeah. And the CW which, show, The Flash. Which is another bad name, but whatever. <laughs> right. It's a very penisy name, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> elongated man. I, I never thought about it. I just thought it was the worst, like, battle cry. To me, the elongated man. <laughs> right. No, no, no. <laughs> it could have been worse, I guess. But yeah, elongated man isn't the best. No. And uh, so we're um, still getting a little back story of the mutant, the MSB, right, I believe. We go back into his sort of meetings, um, the Booger, uh, when he meets the MSB sort of underground in Snap City, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he's had a change of heart. They went from being, you know, kind of social outcast to he kind of somehow he figured out how to concentrate and change himself so he could do the stretchy power and now he's trying to get his friends to do the same thing so they could have a better life yeah on page 17 they're trying to uh to to just make this weird bumpy you know uh the skin situation just kind of vanish by focusing right 
yeah, yeah, just, you know, got to concentrate. And, you know, it, it's interesting how some of them are willing to do it. Some of them are very scared to do it, you know, but on the other side, it's like looking at them, it's like, geez, what would you try to do anything to make yourself look better? Right. Yeah, they're just, beatniks is a great, you know, way to define them. They're just kind of against, again, it's that mod feel, right? It's like sort of like against the system. Even the beatniks sort of have that here, right? Yeah, exactly. Because they're like, man, I'll, I'll try. And then one of the ones like, I won't. And and just a lot of that conflict's going down. And I just love like on the bottom of page 19, like again, some of that terminology they're using. He's it's calling him daddy-o. As he's wearing like a, as he's wearing a French beret on his head, yeah. he's calling him daddy. I was like, also on the panel to the left, oh, it's, it's it, so it looks long. like he's boob grabbing both women, right? Well, yeah, he is on the one. Is he? I think the I think the one is his girlfriend. I think the purple one's his girlfriend. But you really you don't do that in front of her sister, who's the other one. Just <laughs> wrong. Booger's a he's a bit of a groper. I mean, you know, I also think it's the two D effect. It's the lighting. It's the coloring. They needed well, to give it a little depth because it just looks well, like he's just got two girls in his arms and boob grabbing both of them with his stretchy fingers. But read the word bubble, <laughs> read, you know, or interact with people for a self for a selfish self gratification high. <laughs> <laughs> I know it goes with it goes with that he's definitely boob grabbing these two women, yeah. right? <laughs> oh man! And they're not a fan of this. Clearly, his wife had to color this. Right. And the, just the attention to detail, though, I got to say, like where the shirt is ruffling up where the boob is, like it's, yeah. it's just a little detail. And then he's just groping. It's just crazy. I thought, yeah, he, okay. He should have just been called the hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stretchy boob grabber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 20, bottom of, bottom left of page 20 is where the weird spore comes out of uh, Madman's uh, head, Mr. Frank Einstein. Yeah, you know, he, like, feels his mask off. He's got scars under it or something. But, yeah, I don't know what that is. Right? And, uh, we yeah, we just we don't know enough about him. And they don't really reference it. They it, it, they are sort of assuming we know what the heck the, it, it, that is. But we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and the bottom of page 21, I just love the panel of where you got Sluggo oh. and uh, Daddy-O, French Beret, and, and the uh, Fire Girl. In the center, and short end of the stick, man. <laughs> the one guy he transforms or he concentrates, he becomes normal. You know, the other, the two ladies do it. The one catches fire, and the other one turns into a purple slug. Yeah. It's like, oh, jeez, man. It's luck of the draw. It's complete luck of the draw here, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, on twenty-one, I like that. They're twenty-two. They they extinguish her, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, that she's not completely naked. She's just like this uh, pile of um, mutated sort of goopy scars, right? Yeah. But you know, it's kind of buck naked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was interesting. The the one, it sets parallels to the thing, you know, the, that purple slug thing. But I also liked that, you know, she's horrified that she's become this, this purple thing. Yeah. But... Then you got the blonde girl who doesn't want to transform, just kind of covered up, and and they're they're still after this trying to convince her to try. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, your sister caught fire, and your friend became a giant purple slug. <laughs> Could you just try? What's the? They're just like they're they're so uh, that teens, right? They're in that brain damage, uh, either late. 
teens or early twenties. Yeah. They just they won't even do it if it's the right thing to do because they just don't want to for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was frustrating. I was I was with you there. I'm frustrated with that too. And uh, 20, t- bottom of twenty three, we see the we see Shrek. Um, you know that he's um putting mud on his uh, eye that he used with the tiniest stick in the world to uh, jab his eye. So he's putting mud on it to kind of yeah. heal his eye. <laughs> Well, you know, when you got a giant fly eye, then, uh, yeah, you know, maybe mud f- fixes it. So, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but And here's the Ant-Man guy again. Right. You know? And they have a connection, but we, they still haven't tied into what their connection is. We, we sort of know there is one, and they're going to get into that um, soon. But, uh, you know, bottom of page 25, they're, like on the hunt for that creature and the only one that's found him is the Ant-Man character. So they're kind of trying to figure out like where to go next. Yeah. But what's interesting is, well, Ant-Man and Madman found him, And then the rest of them were just kind of sitting around a wall and Madman just like, okay, well, you know, we'll let this happen a bit. And they, they just like, you know, as beatnik kids do, they just start graffitiing the wall yeah. with the, <laughs> Instead of a CS for Atomics, it, they want the X back there. At least yeah. the, the Purple Flame Girl does. Right. And and she's so into that. And people are like, nah, people are going to pronounce it auto-mix. And I she's like, I like that. And she's all, yeah, stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of page 26. I laughed out loud with that one. I really did. <laughs> well, it's, you know. I read and she is a comics. French beret now too. Like she yeah, is. She, took the, she must have taken the other guys. He's like, well, you don't need it anymore. Now you got a rockhead. I know. It's just, it's just bananas. I know you and like she, bananas. I know you didn't love, love this, but I know you're into bananas, and this seemed like right into your, oh, into your wheelhouse. This is, and I have never gone back to read like 1960s uh, Doom Patrol, but I gotta imagine that's what this is like. Oh yeah. Bunch of weird, just weird stuff happening. It a lot of it is. I remember it specifically when I tried to read Doom Patrol. It's a lot of this that makes kind of no sense. This made more sense to me than Doom Patrol by the end of the third issue. <laughs> I, I got it down, but I, I've peeked. I've peeked into Doom Patrol numerous times, and I'm like, I don't know what the heck I just read, or did well, I have an acid flashback? Did you, I did I imagine the whole read, thing? <laughs> if you're reading Grant Morrison's run, you have to read it from the beginning. But I'm just even thinking about the weird, the weird. St- comics from you know the the silver age of dc and and uh early fantastic four and stuff it's just like oh but sorry um, yeah no you know the, the thing that was i again it was just an issue i had with it was on page 27 all of a sudden they just run into another one of their beatnik friends yeah they're it just he just shows up it's like okay and so i kept thinking maybe he's the monster maybe he converts into this but no find out later he's not Nope. Yeah, he's definitely not. And then we have like a, a sort of a you know a, one of um Cisco's uh, you know vibe tubes that open, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. out comes the Ant Man guy and goes through like a he changes his outfit, and and it's like this is the first time we're seeing him. So I, I realized here, it's still part of the flashback. Like we're still flashing back. This is the sort of the arrival of the Ant Man looking character. Yeah, I could have used a little uh, transitional pieces, like a now yeah. or previously. It, it needed more of that. They didn't but do it. I, I know, again, though, the artwork. Yeah. Page 29, that, that tube, yeah. that boom tube he comes out of. It's just so great. It's like he's doing a cannonball through it. Yeah. 
It looks so great, sparkly and everything, and has like this sort of dark shadow that he's this tube he's jumping through. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. And then they yeah. wrap up the last page with you know that uh, you gotta love the the I know you love that sort of leading you into the next issue and giving it a name. They did with issue two called Meatloaf and Monsters. That's <laughs> just awesome. It's <laughs> just a great name. I knew you would love that. I like highlighted my notes to make sure I mentioned that because I knew you'd love Meatloaf and Monsters. You know, the the dumber the title, the better. Yeah. For you know stories. <laughs> yeah. And then Madman's like, "It's him. I saw this guy in my head." Sure, you did, Madman. Okay. There's no proof. Yeah. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop with your wannabe powers, Mr. Frank Einstein. And, and I know they intended him to, when he pulls his, his the, the Ant-Man guy, when he pulls his mask off to be a reveal, but honestly, he just looks like some blonde dude. Yeah. I couldn't tell who he is. Uh-huh. And he say he's just a kid. When the when the booger that said that is probably younger than him, like he's just a kid. Like what he, <laughs> No one here is an adult. They're all kids. Like what... what well, I think there, I think there's a range in there, and and that's where when we get into the next issue or two after that, we kind of see that range. Um, so yeah, beatniks, and the, I love um, the there's a feature page at the end of yeah. this. That's a, a lot of us uh, as a spotlight on Madman, so it does give us a little understanding into him, sort of, kind of, <laughs> a, a little bit, you know. But I just love the crazy visuals in this. It's just him in a tire and. Him floating down with an umbrella, and then what the heck? All these missiles shooting after him. Right. What is happening? Yeah. But he, you know, he says he's not a superhero, and that you know his powers are complicated, and that that's about the what I, the the takeaway I, I gave from that. <laughs> he's not a superhero, and his powers are complicated. That's what I yeah I took away. That's all you got. Did yours have the weird throwback to the um the old comic book ads at the back of your comicsology one? At the past, no, I mean, just the feature page. I don't have anything past that. Well, I, I'm looking at a different version of it, and it's got um, a throwback to the uh, the funky ads of the '60s in comic books, like you know the the oh, X-ray nice. the X-ray goggles and the secret spy scope and the and become a skinhead. Like it's a strange become a skinhead <laughs> one was back here. <laughs> yeah, and buy a boomerang. You know, like so there, there's like there is that in the um, in the actual uh, page. Of the That's funny. Uh, actual first issue, but um, so your thoughts at the end of uh, issue one, you're kind of like I don't know. I'm glad I I read it for the artwork. Yeah, just to you put know. your eyes on it was beautiful. Just yeah. But you yeah, like really the was. world of wacky. You like it probably more than me. Did I know? But something about the dialogue, something just it was. I don't know. It just didn't click. It it was felt very stilted, and I didn't think it was. It didn't run smooth to me. And I need it to be smooth, and just some of it had really dense dialogue. Lots, like even just looking at this feature page, there's a lot of freaking words on this oh, yeah. page. I think you could have cut it down. Yep, I, I don't know and how it, heavily I absorbed it. I kind of glossed over it a bit. And and nothing, nothing is explained, or nothing I could follow. You know, so. I don't know about these kids from the year 2000 and what they were reading. <laughs> well, I think it it, it it still is a testament to the art. It was enough to have me hang in there, even though I was I was pretty confused as well. But I, I sort of went in, I guess, expecting weird and wacky. I mean, just from the title alone. 
and the oh, gro- yeah. the grooviest comic mag the world's grooviest comic magazine right on the cover. So I just was kind of at peace with that that this is going to be weird. I may not grasp all of it, but it's going to be beautiful to look at and definitely feel that same way. Issue number two's cover. Uh, Frank feels the future, and it's a metal man. And who is Zap Man? It's just it's just golden age goodness, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And even at the bottom, what about Luna? <laughs> it's like I didn't realize she was that big of a deal. Right. And uh, I just love the setup, the paneling, the spacing, and the uh, the homage to the olden days of comics. It's just all yeah. all hitting on all cylinders. Beautiful stuff. And again. Uh, Meatloaf and monsters. <laughs> and I even love the <clears throat> how it's how the the title's drawn there. You know, you get that very sixties feel, you know, ellipse that's kinda like slightly tilted with the red let block lettering that's all, you know, jagged. It, it, you know, a lot of love went into just that title right there. Yeah, you're right. It just it's it's just screams the past and nostalgia and makes you feel kind of warm and fuzzy and want a bowl of soup and some cartoons. <laughs> See, I had cereal, but if you had soup in the morning, I'm not judging you. Nice. Well, you know, it was nighttime or whatever. Yeah, you know, okay. who knows? <laughs> but anyway, so they the uh, Zap Man's on the scene. He arrives through his boom tube. Uh, the Beatniks are trying to figure out what uh, what the heck he's doing. We are still in a flashback at this point. The The fight with Shrek is in the future. This is sort of back in the past, which I was able to figure out by looking at this a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then we the um, fire girl, uh, we'll call her Blondie Storm, she uh, <laughs> she kind of thinks uh, Mr. Zatman's cute, and that's and she's uh, she's stalking well, him from the from the shadows. <laughs> she's not the fire one. That's oh, she's not. Sister. That's right. Sorry, no. the sister of the fire girl. She's the one still full of uh, pustules. And that just doesn't want to try to change herself. No. Because yeah, of whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's just such a weird thing that it's like she's hiding behind a tree and yeah. commenting that he's cute. And it's like, what? How is? how does that further the story at all? Right. And it's it's weird. It's a little odd in that she's in the shadows and she's noticing that. But, uh, I don't know, I just got this, like, this sort of like this book's for teens, maybe not for me, but you know, 2000, this was like that art style and 2000, all the all reds hadn't, they're not at the, the all reds at this point. Right. This was kind of like a, in the MSB that's, you know, the beatniks and the sort of mod feel. And the, I, I just think it was like kind of really the demographic was teens. Did you feel yeah. that? I'm sure it was. I didn't realize this came out in year 2000. You, you did a little bit more research than me. Yeah. Um, I probably would have – no, I can't even say that. I, I would not have liked the story anymore. I would have stuck around for the art, uh, but you know, just the – I don't think I was in the teen demographic for this, even though I would have been right around that age. Yeah. Yeah, and plus plus not only just being sort of four teens, but like I said, it's that it's that mod beatnik, you know, sort of yeah. uh, fringe feeling of, you know – of teens that I, I don't think I was into 20 years ago as well. But, uh, no, it, it's, it's like they're trying to take the X-Men and the teen Titans and mix it with the fantastic four and doom patrol. Yeah, there you go. And, uh, you know, I even felt a little bit of like umbrella Academy. Cause it's just, it's just kind of, again, a little bonkers I, bananas and all over the place. Yeah. As a, as a modern take on it, it would be the umbrella Academy. 
Yeah, definitely. So they run into uh, on page uh, six. We see the uh, the metal man. And yeah, uh, this beatnik that just showed up at the end of the last issue. Right. You know, madman with his weird little creepy antenna that comes out of his forehead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> What's up with the handshake and he's just saying gibberish? And right. he's just on the ground like goo. It's like what is that? And he's shaking too. Like he's just weird. Does that spore that comes out of his head like weaken him or something? Because he, he there's like a teardrop from it, or it you know it 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 finished uh, or whatever is coming on out of it, and uh, <laughs> and he's like kneeling down and yeah like goo like he's he's spent. Right? Yeah. I, if I was at Beatnik, I'd be letting go of that hand real quick and taking a step or two back. <laughs> and hand him a couple tissues or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, you know, your outfit's all wet here, dude. It's, uh, don't, be, uh, don't, be, don't be doing anything weird, okay? Right. I'm going to go over here. Well, and, and he quickly gets out of there. It's yeah. like a panel later. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll catch you cats later. Yeah. And just like takes off. He's out of there. And then we get the uh, conversation between the, you know, the girl saying that, you know, she kind of is into Zapman to the other guy, which the other guy's kind of crushing on her, too. But he's like older than her. So, I was, yeah, it was kind of strange there. We don't really know their age. They look the same age. Could be fine. But he, he seemed to be older, saying he's older, but he, he's definitely crushing on this girl. Yeah, it's it's very awkward. And yeah. just you. I never got a sense that they were even close before this. So for her to just open up her, you know, open up what she's thinking like that and her feelings, it's like, mm, okay, it seems like a big, uh, you know, jump there. Yeah, and I, I thought, I thought, I was kind of intrigued because I'm like, is you know, if if he repairs his face, then the spores go away. Is he an older man and she's like, fourteen or something? That's you know? what I don't know, and that, it was kind of creeping me out. But it was interesting, I thought. So I was definitely along for this to see where it went. And we get Zapman bearing his his older costume so he can wear the Cyclops X-Men costume instead with yeah. the Ant-Man helmet. And, uh, and then he, like, bottom of page nine, he's like, why, Mama, why? And Yeah, you see, like, some kind of, like, antenna sticking out. Yeah, the silhouette of, like, a, a character there that's got an antenna. So it tees into sort of what, what he's all about. He's definitely something different than these beatniks and the sort of alien spore that's infected the beatniks and so on. And uh, and it's kind of a weird exchange when they're on page uh, 10 where they're, where the booger <laughs> is stretching around and Madman is like poking at his lower torso when his, you know, his upper torso is like, you know way away and he's like he's like stop poking me he's like yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was kind of funny and also weird and there's a lot of weird moments in this and that's definitely there's one of them there's a lot of weird moments but again you know what i love with the the, the booger's costume is the arrow yeah. it, it's red with a yellow arrow that's pointing up yeah and it wherever he's his head is at it draws your eye right to where this is where you need to pay attention yeah this way up right yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah i i'm going now on to page 12 where we're back at the um the sort of creepy potentially older man um telling this young potential teenager to like he could you could just live with me if you wish yeah. to 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know. Adam it's Ball, very... sorry, right? That's Adam yeah, Ball. Adam Ball, yes. That, that's your buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, on the one hand, it's like, if you weren't getting his internal monologue about him, like, having a crush on her, yeah. this would be, like, a very nice thing. But on the other side, it's like, this is an ABC after school special here waiting to happen. And he's also, like, very impatient, too, right? Like, he seems like he's a Adam Balm, his, hence his name, could, like, he could yeah. burst into, you know, a rage at any moment. It seems like that's the way the dialogue's being written for Adam Balm, right? That he's a, a walking explosion. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's, and it just takes turns just so quickly. Yeah. You know, like, uh, the bottom middle panel on 13... All of a sudden, it's got a little lightning bolt by his heart because it's like, you know, she thinks his robot's cool. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're, if say, even if you're 18, you're not that, you're not that susceptible, not that naive. But, you know, maybe I don't remember what it's like to be 18. Yeah. I, I got a definitely younger than 18 sensibility here. I, I don't know. Yeah. But he's got an apartment. Yeah. That's true. You know. Yeah. I mean, she seems younger than 18, but yeah, him, when you realize he has an apartment and stuff and like a guitar and couches, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. Is she under 18 and he's way over? And and I love in the bottom of page uh, 14, as they are kind of sort of building this friendship and he is backing off a little, um, hence here comes why this is named Meatloaf. And they yeah. lay out the ingredients on page 14, and there was a little part of me that says, is meatloaf this easy? Like, you know, I, I don't think I've ever. I made... made meatloaf. I've never used vegetable soup in it, but I'm sure there's a recipe out there that uses vegetable soup in your meatloaf. Well, I took a screenshot of this, and, I, and I'm kind of curious just to give it a try and see if it actually works. You could do it. It's not hard. I've right. It's plenty of meatloafs. Hamburger, you know, ground beef, some bread, an onion, two eggs, and the secret ingredient: Campbell's vegetable soup. Now they just. They took Campbell's likeness, everything. Who knows if they had permission, but they just put it there. Campbell's soup. Yeah. Campbell's vegetable soup. I almost wanted to say, like, an, I almost missed an, or it needed an arrow and saying, like, yes, this is our sponsor. You know, something. Right? <laughs> and it was the, it was the year 2000. They didn't need sponsors. True. A whole different world then, right? But, uh, yeah, so I thought, all right, then he is kind of uh, warming up to it. And he he leaned back on the pressure, right, a little bit. Yeah, there, and uh, so you're like, okay, move on back to the uh, to the beatniks, and you've got the uh, the slug creature, and uh, you know they've they've separated from themselves, uh, which is, oh, and then they at the bottom of or top of uh, sixteen, they're they're merging again, and it like and he changed color, he yeah. turned like whitish here, and that was weird, and the, the language too that it takes a little while when the slug talks, right? It's like hit ush with that log, like he's sort of um has a crazy heavy lisp when he talks yeah you know um i always i always glance over those because they just anytime i have to read that kind of stuff i just don't want to nice i get why they do it i just don't want to I'm like come on just give me some i want a translated version you just put like a little asterisk and say talking like a slug would talk perfect but let me just read it normal but there's so much more of it in other comics. I could give you examples. At least this was very light. They didn't go heavy uh, into that, that weird language. Should, powerful, you know, like they, they didn't, thankfully, didn't yeah. go over that um, way too much. 
And so uh, 17, we're back to the uh, potentially, you know. Um, well, it's uh, getting awkward. Yeah. <laughs> back to the, uh, right, the situation with the minor. Uh, what do you want to call that? Uh, and they're watching TV and eating some of this meatloaf. And yeah, he's like coming on strong again. And then he's like, gotta bounce. See you later. <laughs> like, it was so quickly that he had to leave and just leaves yeah. her there in, you know, in his house. And uh, we realize there that uh, Adam Baum is the metal man. He, he grabs the helmet, and Adam Baum has it right. He's the metal man. He's the metal. Well, he had that earlier when uh, Madman shook his hand and got all weird on him. Yeah. So, but and then, it's go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's just interesting here that you know after he he leaves, now um, she's willing to go try and you know try this. It's like in his bathroom, you know. Let's let me concentrate in his bathroom. It's like why? <laughs> and it's great again. Again, she didn't want to because whatever. And now <laughs> she just chooses to. She's like, well, maybe I'll give it a try. And then yeah. boom, she's like completely back to normal. Well, and I don't think she's back to normal. Did she say it back? Yeah, she's like, oh, that was so easy. I don't believe it. I, I never thought. Like, it was- I just wasn't sure if this is what she looked like before. You know, it almost like is it like a She-Hulk situation where she's oh. like the idolized version of herself or ideal version of herself. Mm. Well, I don't think we saw her before in regular form. So no, I, I do like the attention, the detail in this bathroom. They even put the toilet paper with the toilet paper holder in here, right? And, and an extra roll on the back of the tank. Yeah, even the angle that it's cut from, it's like a weird, like, kind of ceiling spy cam sort of thing, looking yeah. down on this young teenage woman that, that's... Which is really creepy. <laughs> just thought of that right now, too. All right, so moving really? on to page 20. Yeah, next page. Yeah, get out of that page. <laughs> moving on to page 20. Um, we're caught up in time. Here we are. Shrek yeah. arrives on the scene. We're finally, like, back to zero. And uh, it... it and the page 21 is a glorious single page splash, oh, right? Yeah. That's a, that's a great picture. Just, you know, that is a classic, you know, superhero um, pose right there. With the, you know, just the villain looking over him. It's awesome. Yeah, completely beautiful. And uh, and then, you know, Zap's on the, on the scene here. And it's like we're kind of just getting caught up. And that's uh, the end of this issue, issue number two. And the title for issue three, then came it girl, then came it girl. I had to, I was, you know, there's no comma there. Right. And, and we didn't know yeah. it girl's a character at this point. So I read it kind of strangely. Then came yeah. it girl, then came it. Girl. Oh, then came it girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a, well, you know, that's the thing is that all these names are weird, but you know, yeah, it's still fun. Right. And, uh, again, uh, the ads, if you can't see them, they're so cool. Uh, the x-ray specs and and all that so if, if you got to get this in like single issue form i guess comiXology skipped it but very cool that you can see all those old flashback uh flashback to the oldie ads so, yeah it's it's i always like when comics do that yeah me too and so issue three fantastic cover i just love the coloring of this it's beautiful it has this um kind of atomic symbol in the in the background yeah. with, with the blue filling the entire background of issue three uh the price went up i wasn't happy with that i'm like wow did march the prices went up like like a dollar like what the heck but um also the cadaver who we only saw like peeking through 
you know, some creepy lurker in the background. Right. But what did you think and of this cool cover? Cat. Yeah. That one's well, good <laughs> it's, it's an awesome cover. The only thing knowing that, um, what was her name? Luna. Yeah. Knowing that she seemed underage, this covers a little, uh, little much with her. Yeah. The form fittingness. And then also her, her word dialogue. I just need to touch you. Yeah. And, and her pushing the belt down. Yeah. Her, her pants. It's just, it, it's a little much, you know, if you, if you just saw the cover, great, but kind of a little context behind it. It's like, eh. yeah. All right. A little, a little, a little too early. You know, I guess 2000, this is where we were and that was fine, but right. Put today's, yeah. today's lens on it. You're kind of like, oh, that's a little inappropriate. Nick, you know, I'm looking at it like a dad and like, geez, man. <laughs> hard somebody's to not look daughter. at, hard to not look at things like a dad, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's somebody's daughter. You guys should be, come on, let's move this page along here. Right. But man, the, the page one, I have to just read it because it's just the, the, again, it's like that top left of the, and it says when the tale is retold to future generations emphasis will be made on the moment when a giant creature called shrek followed a mysterious time traveler called boone through an interdimensional portal to the outskirts of snap city and then came it girl like it's just it's 60s fun right did you love that oh it is it is it, it's great you know and even the way that the the bunkers kind of like you shaped through this thing, you know, it's like, he's just leading your eye all the way through this panel. And I'm telling a, a peek into issue 15 again, or I jumped when I jumped ahead, the art style sort of changes. The coloring kind of gets a little more vibrant and a little more modern and mm-hmm. a little kind of darker, uh, a smidge darker. It's still very bright and beautiful, but, um, I, it just feels more like a lot more modern and vibrant. The coloring did. So you should kind of peek ahead. I don't know how much there is comiXology, but, um, man, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read more just to to look at Mike Allred's just art. Just look at the artwork. Yeah, because page two is fully action packed. Zap Man is doing a zap thing, and it's just so cool looking, right? With Shrek there and his hands out, and again some great onomatopoeia schnacks, schnags, right? Well, I, I just love that this giant creature just like hops right over a boulder like it's nothing. Yeah, you know, but it, it's just. They just got their butts handed to him, and this little tiny zap man was the only one that could do anything. Yeah, we don't know what this monster's doing. It's just kind of roaming through a park, thankfully. He's not in the city anywhere, right? Yeah. He's not hurting anyone, but they want to stop him for some reason. (laughs) Well, you know, we can't let a giant fly monster roam around, apparently. Yeah, right. (laughs) But we can let all these uh, crazy-looking mutant beatniks, you know, (laughs) that's okay. But not a... (laughs) But anyway, um, and then we get like this sort of uh, this um, on page uh, six. They're referencing now the planet that Zapman and Shrek came from. Mm-hmm. And it's the first quadrant of an adjoining dimension of the inner verse. That's a fun name. Right. <laughs> and wow, that's something, you know, he says in the next page of their panel. So there's a race of humanoids in another dimension? Then the doorway must be next to the wall. <laughs> and it's like, would it be that easy? I don't think so. No. <laughs> but, uh, man, very little dialogue in these next few pages, like in page 7. And then it goes dialogue heavy in page 8. Uh, real dialogue heavy. As, uh, as 
I don't know exactly what's happening here, but um, oh, here Who it is. Talking? Here it is. That's the key part of it is the bottom of page eight on the left, something like that. Now Shrek needs me to get back to our world. Or right, we have a little bit of a, you know, of a, a pointed way now here. But I don't want him to get home because my mom will know where I am. So that there you go. Like there's, there it is. There's the plot. He ran away from home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Did you catch that before, or were you at this point kind of glossing over the dialogue and you're like, uh, oh, pretty pictures? No, I caught it, and I caught okay. it that he was the the son of the beatnik that got taken in the first issue in a flashback. Right. You know, and that was kind of all Madman's fault the whole way through. So yeah, I, I started catching on to those pieces, but yeah, I also didn't care. I was just kind of like, all right, you know, let's keep a. Uh, your mom's a giant monster. This thing's a giant monster. Let's see. Let's just. I was kind of done at this point. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then page nine. This this had to kick you off the ledge more on page nine, where where um, Luna's oh. looking for Adam Balm, and we find that he works at Throb Studios. <laughs> Throb Studios, and the and the, the creepy like dock worker she's talking to, or the Teamsters, like, yeah, babe, you know, you know, if you need to, it's just like, holy cow, if you change your mind. I'll be oh right here. God. Come on, come on by. Again, inappropriate, inappropriate moment here with a teen, as she's as she's going to hang near a place called Throb Studios, and set, and then next on bottom of page nine, even worse, right the around hole. the corner from Throb Studios, <laughs> is a place called the Hole. <laughs> yeah, the Hole. Did Which, you look at the movie posters at least? Oh yeah, Brain Eaters. It's great. Like you know, monster movies from the sixties yeah. or whatever. Yeah, the hole. And it's gray. <laughs> it's drab. Yeah. And yeah. No, it couldn't be more creepier. Right? <laughs> well, no, no. They, they get the creepy factory when you get to the next page. On page 10, the bottom right panel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could yeah. he be more boob obsessed, you think? Like... Well, and, you know... <laughs> Uh, and she looks like again two dimension that she's just holding her boobs right she like, is <laughs> is she though she maybe there's just there's separation there i don't know i know <laughs> it's and her symbol's so weird it's supposed to be it girl but actually it's i-t-i so yeah. i don't know what that right is. it's an exclamation you know. it's i-t exclamation it you see uh, is that what it was that's I what it guess is i'm not clever enough to catch on to that because <laughs> i just was like i gotta get past this panel quickly <laughs> oh my goodness well we get into some action here finally where uh he's like trying to concentrate to change and he kind of like it, it sort of explodes like you know he has like sort of a telepathic pathic power that you know he just like destroys this jukebox yeah and like he yeah. he's adam balm he's exploding yeah, I mean, and, and that was kind of cool. <laughs> and, then he, and then as she <laughs> she, <laughs> as she goes to, you know, console him, uh, she places his head onto her chest. And, and he yeah. even thought, creepy thought bubble, heaven, sheer heaven. So weird and inappropriate. You're writing this and drawing this and you're making your wife color it? And she's just shaking her head the whole time going, what is wrong with you? Right. And then he tells her, um, and then there's like this, this single page that looks not like Mike Allred's art is kind of a joke. It, the page is a joke and it, it's kind of, you know, it's a dad joke. 
Yeah, it's a dad joke, and it's it's not a bad dad joke. It's not. It, I um, enjoyed this single page. It, or it's it two pages. Me of I think the artist's name is Kyle Baker. Oh, they switch and, it up. I didn't see his name in the credits. No, no, I don't think so. It just reminds me of his style. Oh, oh, okay. And he happened to do. I caught on to him when he did a Plastic Man run somewhere in like 2008 or okay. nine somewhere in there. But right. yeah, that's what I thought. And actually, I thought this was a kind of a funny joke. It was. It's a cool dad joke. We won't we won't spoil it, but um, it's a fun, cool dad joke moment, you know, encased with all the creepiness going on, um, with. Yeah. With the adult, but you know, it, it lightens the mood a little, and he, you know, takes his head out of her chest area, and <laughs> and then uh, they see like a like a movie premiere happening next to the hole, which you know, yeah, is uh, the the sort of Catman character, cool, cool cat, cat, right? His movie's premiering, and it's kind of a forty style. Look at the reporter at the bottom, at the top of page fifteen. He's got yeah, well, the he's got the old forties hat. See Clark Kent over in the left-hand corner? Yeah, or he was the guy with the, um, if you go back up the page, he had like, um, he's like a CIA guy. He had a, a, a you know, a, a mic in his ear. He's like the... Oh, did he? Yeah, he's like a, like a men in black sort of, or a security ah. guy that was there scoping the scene out. You know, he's like a security guard. I didn't catch that. Yeah, kind of thing. So weird that a movie, movie premiere happens to happen as the creepiest man you've ever seen in your life steps out of uh, a place called The Hole. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and we're getting more of this dialogue from uh um what was it robot dude or whatever the robot too yeah um it, you know of him just be more like well if you think the new guy is so cute go go ahead why don't you go find out yeah he's like and sad like, pouting oh it's it's so emo yeah it's very emo you're right and then yeah. as, as the guy's saying hey you destroyed my jukebox he just pays the guy with a giant wad of cash. Yeah. What's he been doing to get that money? He's all, well, this dude, uh, yeah, it'll be fine. Like, just random giant wad of cash in his pocket. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, some of this just it becomes nonsensical sense. I just, I, I can't. <laughs> and then, you know, he puts his robot helmet on on page 17, and they instantly get mugged. Yeah. And he just, he didn't have any cash anymore, and then, you know. But this, this, I was fine with this. It's a, it's a dark alley in the city, and this is kind of what happened. So I, I was alright with it. And yeah, he uses his, uh, his, his telepathic powers. His helmet sort of harnesses his exploding yeah. effect. And I, I thought I'm cool with that. It has kind of an Iron Man ripoff kind of look to it, right? Yeah, it, it seems pretty fun, you know. Um, and I do like that you start getting her powers, other than being kind of like uh, uh, jailbait. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect, okay. perfect description. Shouldn't have been called it, it girl. Should have been like you know Just jailbait, jailbait. girl, right? <laughs> Looking yeah, for I trouble. That, I thought that was a unique power. They really take it, where she just grabs a fly and then she has wings. They yeah. take the concept of like rogue and give it even you know a little bit more, which I thought was fun. Yeah, I like that too. And then we see this gruesome character in the bottom of page eighteen. It's just Adam. You know, it's the yeah. character we saw on the cover, which I already forgot his name, Cadaver Man or something like that. The Cadaver, like that. yeah. The Cadaver. I like the design of him. For Mike Allred, that seemed a little bit of a, a fresh kind yeah. of, you know, because his stuff looks very similar. It's all got a kind of look, right? Yeah. Except for Cadaver. He looked a little different. A little different, yeah. He, he, little little grunged up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, and I love on page 19 that the background, this blue 
this blue skull actually wish we had more of this or if this became a uh, a poster or something that they put in the back because it's it's a shame to cover up this background as much as it did yeah wouldn't it be fun to see Allred do a spin-off of cadaver like and and there be some of this imagery in the background like that he did here yeah for all we know he did yeah we have to look and see if he did cadaver uh, yeah. But I, I thought it was a very cool, cool-looking character, kind of interesting. I kind of wanted more of Cadaver. We didn't get all that much more. Like, as the bottom of page 20, I think it's kind of it. Um, we don't know if he's bad or good, but I think they're definitely playing around with this character, and I, I, I wanted to see more of this. Well, and we do get a bit more. Starting on 21, you kind of get his his backstory. He was one of the beatniks. Oh, yeah. And he was one of the beatniks, and they threw him in some toxic waste, and then he dropped down a sewer line. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And that was cool. They gave it his little origin. I thought, that's cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, to show how tough he is, you know, you get to page, uh, what is that, 22? <laughs> he just skins a cat. Yeah. He just that's the right. head. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Rips everything else is just skeleton underneath that. That's right. I kind of forgot this, that this is the wrap. I, I thought that like, that was holy. all we saw of Cadaver, but I wanted uh, more of this. This was, this was a great ending to the issue because that's it. And yeah. uh, he skins a cat. You're right. It just like just, just melts randomly, a cat. <laughs> you think this cat would have better senses too to be like, hold on, wait a minute here. It's just like no, it just sits there, and all of a sudden he just, it lets itself get just shredded. Yeah, it's like he just pours acid out of his hands, and it just sort of yeah, it just and he kept the head intact too. Like he he dropped the acid from like the shoulders of the cat down, right? So the yeah. head would be perfect. It's just gross and cool, and I thought that's. That's the end of the third uh, issue. That's it. We're at the end. That's I mean, I, I, from that, I wanted to read more. I wanted to know about Cadaver, and I just wanted to look more at the Allred's art, but uh, you didn't feel that way, right? <laughs> no. No, I was pretty done. I, I, I uh, felt, felt like I left the team down, man. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. But, uh, you know, for the artwork alone, I thought it was worth it. Yes. Just to see, you know, 60 pages of this i thought was great yes i'm definitely reading more i mean i i haven't consumed a lot of some of the wacky and weird you have and yeah this the the storytelling was was a little vague right and and not meant for us as far as uh, being kind of teen focused and also some of the uh the sort of inappropriateness going on mm-hmm. but um i love the art so much that and and i and some of the character designs and some of the the beatniks that I, I want to read more of this. I, I, I bookmarked it. I'm, I'm, I'm reading as much as I can on comiXology. I'm going to go forward. So I, I don't think it was a lose pick, man. I, I really, you know, it's the all reds. It's, it's, it was fun. It's wacky. It's weird. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I don't think I can hang with it, especially <laughs> considering how strong some of the other ones we've read. That I said, Oh, I, I'll go back to fish reading those. You know, I got to bounce back to swamp thing. I started back on the immortal Hulk. So I, I got to finish those ones because I just, this one's not going to hold my attention enough. But I'm really glad you enjoyed it, man. I don't have also any other uh, types of weird and wacky cosmic comics like on my list right now that I'm reading. And that <laughs> well, I think that I think would be a, a big a big thing if I did, right? Yeah. I, I might pass on this because of other weird and wacky titles. But this is the only sort of strange you know, thing that I'm reading right now. So, uh, no, I'm totally enjoying it, and I'm, I think I'm going to probably finish all 15 of these to see what, why the Savage Dragon's in issue 15. Yeah. I would love to hear what your thoughts are when you get done. I might I might binge right through this, and I'll give you my uh, report when I'm done, but 
Well, well, dude, I I think it's a I think it was a good pick. I think it was a you know above good pick, right on the borderline of good great because of the storytelling being a little vague. But um, I I still think uh, three thumbs up and uh, good. <laughs> at least three four stars up. for me. <laughs> no, I and like I said, I I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad I looked at the artwork. But now it's scratched more of an itch for me to go back to that FF run that he did. Yeah. Because again, that it's a it's one of those weird teams that he put together. If I remember correctly, it was Scott Lang, Ant Man, and uh, like one of Johnny Storm's ex girlfriends who is in a thing robotic bodysuit. What? And Medusa, yeah, and Medusa from the Inhumans, and there's a third character and I can't remember who it is. So it's it's all this ragtag team that they put together so the Fantastic Four could go dimension hopping, and they left these four in charge of um, what did they leave them in charge? Of? Oh, they left them in charge of like the Future Foundation, and hmm. it's all Mike Allred art, and it's really good. So I'm I'm more interested in doing that or the Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer, and I'd say, because I did I, read I some I did read some of that um, from the Allred, and it was it was okay. But the surfer, the surfer run really stuck with me, and I can yeah. still remember certain parts of that story that were really, really good. And the love yeah. story that he sort of has going on there in the second part was really, really good. And uh, But anyway, man, Atomics, uh, check it out. If you like uh, what we've said about it, go and look and read and check it out. Atomics from AAA Pop Comics with Mike Allred and Laura Allred. Uh, good pick, bud. Hey, like I said, glad you enjoyed it, man. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you later. Well, there you go. There you have it, man. What a ton of fun that was. I hope you really enjoyed it. We totally did. Of course, we seriously recommend, or at least I do seriously recommend atomics. I'm going to jump right in and try to read issues four through 15 very soon. So we definitely uh, recommend it and tell us what you think. Give me some feedback. If you loved it, you liked it, you didn't, whatever, let us know at sunspots comics, of course, on all social media or email me at chris at sunspotscomics.com so what's next whose turn it's mike's turn to pick so i think he's got a he's got five or six things he's he's just kind of trying to figure out what he wants to pick right at this point so i don't have anything to announce there but just check in with us coming up very soon will be the next little comic book commentary with myself and michael norris thank you so much for listening i seriously appreciate it hope you had fun with it please support us on itunes hit us with a five-star review we'd really appreciate that and if you want to take it to the next level and give a little something to the Sunspots Comics podcast, go over to sunspotscomics.com support. Any little donation is seriously, seriously appreciated. So stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, and read some comics. To be continued! If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same Stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now